Welcome to Coogan Knows the Law, where we untangle the knots of complicated legal questions and break down legalese into plain English. I'm attorney Jim Coogan. Today's question is, what is a probate estate? We're also going to answer that in the context of injury cases. So we're going to go through it and explain that number one, essentially it's a legal fiction. And we'll talk about what that means. Number two, they are created in cases where someone is deceased or where there's a minor or where there's a disabled adult who has limitations on how they can take action on their own behalf. Third, we're going to describe whether that's necessary in certain cases to file a lawsuit. And last, we'll describe how these are overseen in the court system. But first, before we get into greater detail, this episode is brought to you by the law firm of Coogan Gallagher, where we focus on civil cases and more often injury cases. And we actually represent people in situations where probate estates are necessary because there has been a tragic death or because something happened to a minor or where there is an adult person who has a disability that prevents them from caring for themselves. So if you have questions about one of these situations, the discussion today will certainly not get into enough detail to get to the bottom of your specific legal case. So you should reach out to us. You can find us at cgtrial.com or call us at 312-782-7482. So this frequently asked question about what is a probate estate is a really important question. It doesn't apply to every single case, but when it applies, it opens up a whole lot of different issues, special issues that need special attention. For a lot of people, when they hear the word probate, the hairs on the back of their neck stand up or they get nervous that it's going to be something complicated, something that's going to take forever or something that's going to be expensive or all three. Most clients, when you raise the question of there may be probate issues in your case, look at you and immediately try to explain why, no, 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 we already fixed that. We don't want to go to probate. We don't want that. And that's understandable. Probate is a specific part of the law that has a lot of procedures designed to protect vulnerable parties, which can include the dead. So while it adds more complication to different types of legal representation, the reason why it can seem like it takes a long time, or it can seem like it's complicated, or it can cost extra money, is because those laws are in place for people who cannot speak for themselves. So let's get to our first explanation, which is an estate is a legal fiction. I remember when I first heard the phrase legal fiction in law school, and I thought, well, that seems interesting that we would describe something as fictional. Fiction sounds a bit silly for a legal concept, but it's really not. What it refers to is, particularly in the case of the kind of legal fiction that we're referring to here, that there is an estate that has been created. Essentially, it's a reference to the fact that in the law, sometimes you have to create something as a substitute for something that would otherwise normally exist. What do I mean by that? A normal, healthy adult who doesn't have any specific mental incapacities participates in all sorts of transactions, bank accounts, they have a job, they buy a car, they could buy a house. They could do all these things and the different parts of the law that they come up against, like contract law or other types of transactional rules, they assume that that person has a basic level of adult competence because people are supposed to be able to just go out and act on their own. They shouldn't have to get permission for everything they do. No system could function that way. And nobody wants to do that. No matter how much frustration you might feel on occasion where it seems like the government's trying to regulate things in your life, 
The reality is you can go about your day-to-day business and do all sorts of things without asking for any permission. And then there's maybe some guardrails, like don't drive over 45 miles an hour through a school zone or stop when the light says stop and pay your bills and pay your mortgage and pay your taxes. And most of the time, the government will stay out of your hair because there's an assumption that as an adult, you're responsible for your actions. And if you do something, there's consequences for whether you do that thing right. There's consequences if you do that thing wrong. But for those who don't have the luxury of being a competent adult, minors, they don't get the same treatment. Adults that have been declared disabled for specific purposes also do not have the same freedom to act, both for good reason. Minors don't really appreciate the consequences of things that they do just yet, or at least that's the decision we've made as a society. And as a disabled adult, if they're limited in their ability to appreciate the consequences of what they're doing, we'd rather they not get into all sorts of trouble, say, entering into legal binding transactions sending money all across the globe that they don't really understand where it's going or why, and suddenly now they've hurt themselves. So the law steps in and says, you're not going to be treated the same way. You may be able to take some of those actions, but there's going to be some special rules in place. So estates are created when a disabled adult or when a minor needs to be involved as a party to a lawsuit. And the same is true for someone who has died. Because of course, once they're deceased, They're certainly not taking any actions anymore. This is why people write a will or a trust to speak after they have died. Certainly, once they've died, if they died in a way that they were accusing someone else of being negligent in causing their death, they really can't take any actions. They can't hire an attorney. They're dead. They can't agree or disagree with the strategy or decisions that are critical in the course of that case because, again, they're dead. So in those situations, it's another place where we have a legal fiction and we create an estate for that person. So we've kind of touched on this, but let's move to number two. This specific legal fiction of creating an estate is for the deceased, for minors, and for disabled adults. Because the law is essentially already said they can't act on their own, but someone can act on their behalf. So when these estates are created on behalf of one of those special types of parties, and they're participating in a lawsuit, someone is appointed to act on behalf of that estate. That person could be a guardian, it could be a special administrator, could be a spouse, a widow, or a widower. But in those situations, the law recognizes two different things. One, that party is not in a position to take those actions and make those decisions. Two, somebody's going to have to do it. We create these estates, these legal fictions, because the rights shouldn't just disappear just because the person is not in a position to take action on their own behalf. And that's why there will be court supervision of some of this. But we'll get to that in just a second. Let's get to number three, which is where these are necessary for someone to file a lawsuit. And here we're going to get very specific. In a death, Illinois and many other states recognize that there's really two things that have happened. One, the family that's left behind, the spouse, children, parents, next of kin, have suffered a loss when there's a wrongful death. And at Coogan Gallagher, we represent people in cases where we are alleging wrongful death. It's not murder. It's not a criminal case. It's a civil claim that the death should not have happened because of negligence or something else short of the sort of intention that you have in a criminal case. In those situations, not only have those family members lost something, they lost their loved one. They suffered. They grieve. They're feeling the sort of sorrow that goes along with losing a very close, loved, 
family member or spouse. But there's another thing that's going on, which is that deceased person may have suffered a great deal before they died. And until we created something that we call the Survival Act, imagine this perverse scenario. Back in the days before automobiles, if someone were to be run over by a horse and carriage walking along the road, the person who hit them, the driver of that horse and carriage, legally would be better off if they died than if they survived. Why? Well, if they're dead, they can't file a lawsuit. They can't come back and say, wait a minute, you were not steering those horses correctly. You caused me to be injured. But if that person lives, well, then they can file a lawsuit. That doesn't make any sense. It certainly doesn't make any sense that the person who caused the injury would be off the hook if the victim is dead. So that's what this law says. It says that if someone gets injured as a result of another person's negligence, that the pain that they go through between the time of that injury and the time that they've died, that that doesn't just evaporate because that wouldn't be fair. It wouldn't be just. It would basically create an incentive to hope for someone to die so you wouldn't have to be responsible for what happened. So that's the two types of cases where if there is a death, an estate must be opened because that family needs to take action on behalf of that deceased person. That survival claim survives their death. The losses that that person suffered, pain and suffering, disability, medical expenses while they were still alive but injured, that survives, that claim can still be made. So in that situation, whoever it is that's going to take that action on behalf of the dead person, they can. The law allows them to do it in the form of an estate. And the same thing would be true if a child is injured. Their parent can be appointed to take action on behalf of that estate because it also would not be just if simply by virtue of being a child and a minor that they can't file lawsuits, they don't have the capacity to hire a lawyer yet. It's not fair that someone who may have injured them can get away with it just because that child can't file a lawsuit on their own. Which brings us to our fourth and final component to our answer. What about oversight? We've talked about how these are legal fictions and that they are created for special types of parties and that they're necessary for those parties to actually effectuate their rights and go out and seek justice. But given the fact that someone is appointed to act on behalf of these estates means they need some kind of oversight. You don't know for sure whether they're going to act in the best interests of that estate. So that's where we get back to that dreaded word probate, which is the type of court that handles those sorts of matters. They're in charge of appointing someone to be a special administrator, appointing someone to be a guardian. And there's paperwork that goes along with that. The whole purpose is to give the judge a perspective, to get some information, to know who that person is, and then that person has to report back to that judge and give that judge information about, well, I had some leeway, I acted on behalf of the estate, here's what I did. And those actions have to be within certain bounds and certain rules for the judge to therefore turn around and approve that and say, okay, you had a special role here and you did this, this, and this, and yes, that's fine, and we're going to just sort of check your work a little bit, but if it's okay... We'll approve of it. And then at some point, that transaction can be closed. And eventually, that estate might even be closed once the purposes that it was created for have been satisfied. Which brings us to our closing argument. So, today we talked about probate estates. Even though it's a dreaded term and a lot of people get anxious when they hear the word probate, I think it's clear that they are necessary things, these probate estates. And at the end of the day, what they do is they give people a vehicle to go find justice. So if you're facing a situation where there has been a death, or there's a minor who's injured, or a disabled adult who's been injured, 
and you're wondering, wait a minute, what do I do to help this person? You should give us a call. You can find us at 312-782-7482 or at cgtrial.com because these are the kinds of questions that we answer all the time. And a brief podcast description certainly does not get into the details of the questions that you might have. So if you have those questions and you want to get into it with someone who knows what they're talking about and can help you, you should reach out to us. I'm Jim Coogan, and this has been Coogan Knows the Law. This episode has been produced by Ear 4 Audio. That's Ear, the number four, audio. Helpful, friendly folks who know all about podcasting and production. So if you have questions for them, check them out.